0: If you feel like your business is drowning in inefficiencies, it might be time to decode the problem and break it down by the numbers. Let's start with 37,000. That's the vast community of business owners who've embraced NetSuite. 25, that's the number of years that NetSuite has been revolutionizing financial workflows and accelerating success. Which brings us to one. NetSuite offers tailored solutions, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Unlock the power of NetSuite today. Download our claimed KPI checklist for free. Just head to netsuite.com cbs. That's netsuite.com cbs.
1: Good morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. Though it still may not feel like it in some parts of the country, spring officially arrived a month ago, which, according to tradition, means it's time for spring cleaning. In theory, we all know that making a clean sweep of our unneeded stuff is the best course of action. But in practice, giving it the old heave-ho is hard to do. As Barry Peterson will report... In our cover story,
2: sometimes it feels like the stacks and piles can be just about anywhere or pretty much everywhere. Millions of Americans live a kind of clutter coexistence.
3: This is actually not that bad. I would say. You're
2: killing me. <laughs> the subject is spring cleaning later on Sunday morning.
1: For her fans, it's no mystery why Polly Perrette is a star of the TV series NCIS. Tracy Smith has our
4: Sunday profile. This is the 38 that Henry used to shoot Mickey Doyle. And- it seems there's no case too tough for NCIS's Abby Sciuto to crack. Eureka! Yes! Action. But now, actress Polly Perrette is trying to figure out how to say goodbye. It makes me sad to imagine a world without Abby in it. Did you go through that whole grieving process? I'm
0: still grieving. Look what we have here, you know.
4: Holly Perrette on Life Beyond the Lab, ahead this Sunday morning. With Luke Burbank,
1: we'll be taking a Sunday drive to meet a contest winner who's won really big cheese.
5: In January, some 30 cheese professionals sniffed their way through blind smell tests and, yes, cut copious amounts of cheese. How do you feel like your competition has gone so far? Oh, it's been tough. All at the behest of a man wearing a cow costume. The insane, okay, insanely delicious spectacle of the Cheesemonger Invitational, later on Sunday Morning.
1: We'll have those stories and more when Sunday Morning continues. A clean sweep is often the only sensible option when confronting our piles of unnecessary stuff. Easier said than done. Our cover story is reported by Barry Peterson.
2: Take a drive across America, and along with the mountains and rivers, this is a big part of the passing scenery. Self-storage facilities. There are more of them than Dunkin' Donuts, Subways, or McDonald's combined. Think about that. And that's just for the stuff we can't fit inside our homes, where there's more stuff. Piled in closets, bedrooms, garages, basements
6: that's the whole meaning of life isn't it trying to find a place for your stuff that's all your house is your house is just a place for your stuff
3: so this is my basement this is what i like to call organized chaos stacy
2: Serace appreciates the late george carlin's humor though she's not exactly in a laughing mood
3: i would love to purge about 70 percent of this
4: basement
2: as she sorts through her possessions in suburban new york the accumulation of a single mother with two kids. She's a bit desperate.
1: I've been meaning to have a garage sale for 10 years. It's just very overwhelming.
0: I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much stuff. I don't know where to begin. We're going to have the keep
4: category, mm-hmm. we're going to have the donate category, and then we may even have a throw up category. I know
2: she decided to seek professional help That's professional organizer, Rachel Sager.
0: Oh, my God, a shoe. I was looking for this. Were you? (laughs) Yes! I don't know where the... Oh, here's the other one.
2: (laughs) Who just so happens to be a clinical social worker.
4: I know your lack of attachment and your lack of trauma-based accumulation. This is not a hoarding situation. This is life situation.
2: So, exactly how do we end up like this?
4: We don't know how to manage our money properly, and so when something is on sale... We feel we might as well get it in every single color. We have so much stuff because we don't do enough research before we make a purchase. We have so much stuff because we are insecure.
2: Rachel Sager is a member of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, part of the $1 billion industry, helping the rest of us get the clutter in our lives, out of our lives. Ellen DeLapp is president. She sees in our consumer society the roots of too much clutter.
0: I will find things in bags that have not even come out of the bag. It's the thrill of the hunt. It's the thrill of the purchase sometimes.
2: Americans are by far the world's largest consumer culture. Result, an overstuffed closet and, occasionally, sitcom gold.
7: Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> no, you weren't supposed to see this. You know I organize everything? Right? Okay, well this is all of the stuff that doesn't fit into any category.
2: (laughs) It is worth noting that some people find clutter helps with creativity. Albert Einstein once joked, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what, then, is an empty desk a sign? He was not alone. Steve Jobs and Mark Twain also had notoriously messy desks. But Claire Reeves, who lives in Houston, wants the clutter out of her life.
3: All right, Ellen, should we tackle the closet?
2: Yes. She turned to Ellen DeLapp for help.
3: So what
0: would you say your goal for this space would be?
3: I I mean, I like to be able to walk in.
2: Out come the items she bought and will never use.
3: I thought I would use these, but I haven't even opened them.
2: And the dresses she will never again wear.
3: Are you ready to release it? I think I'm ready to release it. Okay, good.
2: Claire Reeves says she learned a lesson about too much stuff from Hurricane Harvey when she helped her neighbors who were flooded out.
3: Just the sheer volume of stuff that had to come out and that just gets trashed. And it just reinforced that if everybody's safe and everybody's healthy, that's what's important in life.
2: Not all of this.
3: Not all of this.
2: Now that you've done this, How do you feel?
3: I feel great. It's like a weight lifted off your shoulders.
2: Except for those of us whose stuff ends up in a storage unit.
6: This is the saddest of all. Now, instead of free garbage, you pay rent to visit your garbage.
2: The folks on the A&E hit reality TV show, Storage Wars, might beg to differ when people stop paying the rent. Their storage lockers get put up for auction. You know you want what's in here. The buyers are hoping to find hidden treasure. For this episode, filmed in Van Nuys, California, Ivy Calvin bids and wins. (laughs) He hauls it all to his store, Grandma's Attic, where he says everything sells.
6: I just know that this business never dies ever. When if people are having a bad time, they can come here. When their pockets are full, they come here. Rainy, snowy, they come
8: here.
2: Adding more clutter is a habit Andrew Mellon hopes to change.
8: This is scarves and hats. The only thing that's in here, scarves and hats.
2: Author of Unstuff Your Life, Mellon has been called the most organized man in America.
8: It will take the same amount of time for you to hang up your coat in the coat closet as it will to drop it on the chair. Listen to
2: his advice about saving old clothes. I feel like I've just given away some part of my youth. I'm not gonna be young anymore because the clothes are gone.
8: (laughs) Well, you're not gonna be young anymore because you're not gonna be young anymore. It has nothing to do with the garments that you're wearing.
2: Mellon uses his 633 square foot New York apartment.
8: So short sleeve, then
2: long sleeve. As a classroom for his clients.
8: Clutter is nothing more than deferred decisions
2: and he doesn't even have the luxury of a garage. According to the Department of Energy, 25% of people with two-car garages have no room for the car, and 32% only have room for one. We park cars that are worth tens of thousands of dollars on the street (laughs) because our garages are full of stuff that in many times is worthless. Explain that. Because we're not thinking
8: about the choices that we're making.
2: And if you're still in the fence about whether to tackle spring cleaning anytime soon, here's a little gentle persuasion.
8: There's a statistic that says that we waste a year of our life looking for lost or misplaced items. Really? Yes, because it's five minutes here, it's ten minutes there. One
2: sentence to get people off the sofa and starting to
8: declutter, what is it? Set yourself free. It's just stuff. It's just stuff.
6: This is a CBS News special, Earth Day, A Question of Survival, with CBS News correspondent Walter Cronkite.
1: And now a page from our Sunday morning almanac, April 22, 1970, 48 years ago today, the very first Earth Day.
2: A unique day in American history is ending, a day set aside for a nationwide outpouring of mankind seeking its own survival.
1: Yeah, there'll
2: be no pollution in that land.
1: That first Earth Day was a nationwide series of events championing the cause of the environment from the streets of New York City.
2: For two hours, fashionable Fifth Avenue was off-limits to automobiles and became a crowded pedestrian mall.
1: To a sixth grade science class in Council Bluffs, Iowa.
9: This land was made for
1: you and me. Uncounted millions took part that first Earth Day. The first, but hardly the last.
2: In all the frozen cosmos, we know of no other place like this.
1: 20 years later, Sunday Morning's own Charles Keralt reported on Earth Day, 1990. We'd like to have a tree about every two steps.
2: By the end of the day today, they hope to have planted 59,000 trees. It's an apology to the Earth.
1: Which brings us to today. This 49th Earth Day focuses on ending plastic pollution, including the estimated 480 billion or more plastic bottles sold worldwide every year. Nearly half a century later, the Earth still needs not just our apology, but our help.
9: This land was
1: made for you and me. And later... Sounds like a question with a very Abby answer to it. Actress Pauly Perrette... Yes! ...saying farewell to NCIS. Beautiful little animals. <laughs> Where does jaded skepticism properly end and growing personal trust begin? Steve Hartman has found a man who seems to know the answer.
6: No one likes Internet scammers, but here in Ogden, Utah, we found a guy with a most profound distaste. Uh I mean, just wait till you hear how 34-year-old Ben Taylor responded to one random message, which read, My name is Joel from Liberia, West Africa. I need some assistance from you, business or financial assistance that will help empower me.
10: To which Ben insincerely responded, how can I help? You didn't mean that. Well, I wanted to see how does this whole scam operation work and how do they bait people and what- So you're what? just curious. I just wanted to go down this rabbit hole and see what were the tricks that they used to get people. And there's no way you could have guessed where that rabbit hole is gonna go. <laughs> there's no way I could have guessed. <laughs>
6: The journey began when Joel in Africa proposed a business partnership. He asked Ben to mail used electronics to some place in New Jersey. Supposedly, the electronics would be resold and the profits split.
10: I looked it up on Google Earth. It was just in a sketchy part of town. There were broken-down cars all over the place. Street View even had a cop checking out the joint. Still, Joel insisted he would never take advantage
6: of someone. Bible says in Proverbs 22, a good name is better than silver and gold, Joel wrote. Of course, Ben didn't buy a word of it, so he proposed a different partnership. He lied to Joel, told him he
10: owned a photography business and could use some pretty pictures. So how about a sunset? How about a nice Liberian sunset? And what, you were going to pay him for the pictures yeah, of I the said sunset? That's good if I like it. Sure. You're just trying to keep him busy so he doesn't rip off somebody else. I figured that the more time of theirs that I could waste, the less time that they'd have to spend ripping me or other people off.
6: Eventually, Joel sent two sunset photos, um, we think.
10: I think there's a sun somewhere in there.
6: Turns out scenic photography could be wasn't exactly Joel's strong suit.
10: That could be a pupil. <laughs> Not that it mattered. I told him, hey, this is great. Oh, you told him this is great. I said, this is a good job, but I think you need a little bit better of a camera. So Ben actually
6: spent 60 bucks to buy and mail him this shiny red one.
10: Now this has gone beyond wasting his time. Yeah. Now you're wasting your time. Yeah, so I'm investing my money. My family thinks I'm crazy (laughs) because I'm interacting with this guy in (laughs) Liberia. But Joel didn't think it was crazy at all. He wrote, I've decided to really commit and devote
6: myself to this business. What other pictures you want me to take? Ben replied, we've got to work on your photography. And eventually... Joel did get better.
10: Yeah, these are actually pretty good. Which posed a big problem. When he put in the work, I thought, oh no, now I've got to figure out a way to compensate Joel for these pictures or I'm gonna be the scammer.
6: Well, the final copies are in. And so I Ben took to YouTube to, to sell a booklet now. he made Picture using parts. the pictures. He called it by the grace of God, a phrase borrowed from Joel's messages. The plan was to sell a few dozen copies to friends
10: and family until sales exploded. People from around the world and places that i never even heard of were buying Joel's book. Soon they raised $1,000. Ben
6: told Joel he could have half. And the rest? Well, Joel would get that too, but with a catch. Ben told him he had to donate that $500 to charity. And so, with that intention in mind, Ben wired the money. At this point, you need to know, $500 is like a year's salary in Liberia. So, really, it's kind of ridiculous to expect an unemployed, impoverished hustler to just give all that money away. In fact is, Ben never thought he would. Until another batch of pictures arrived. There were book bags, notebooks. He cleaned out the market, rented a cab to haul the loot, and blessed five schools with abundance. Joel, seen here with a crown inadvertently overhead turned out to be more savior
10: than scammer. He came through. You were wrong about him. He showed me that there was a different side to him.
6: For Ben, it was such a revelation. So here we are. He did something he could have never imagined just a few months earlier. He traveled to Monrovia, Liberia, set aside his doubt and distrust and opened his mind to the very real possibility that someone he thought was a bitter enemy might actually be a friend in disguise.
10: Joel, yeah. how you doing, man? Yeah. It's good to
6: see you. i to see i good to see you. First thing Ben learned was that Joel never saw himself as a scammer. Joel saw his trolling more like a friend search. Were you looking for a friend or were you looking for somebody to give you some money?
9: The person got to be my friend before, you know, they, before they, I'll give you some money. Uh, uh, before they can give me some money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
6: somehow you found Ben on this phone, this is how on I that old dinosaur. Not you not got Facebook to. on there. Yeah. Joel used to send Facebook messages to strangers, hoping to find some way, someone to help him out of poverty. How desperate were you?
9: Oh, I'm more than desperate, Steve, because I'm a family. I'm a father of seven. To feed the kids, a lot of things that run into your mind. Like what? Maybe go and do this. The wrong thing. There it is.
6: Fortunately, by the grace of God, it never came to that. There's the book that made it all happen. They've now sold nearly 6,000 copies, which means this unlikely pair must now come up with a plan for their publishing enterprise. Some of the profits will go toward Joel's basic needs like keeping rain out.
10: Brand new roof. That looks good, man. Yeah, yeah.
6: But they decided most of the money should be reinvested in the community. Liberia is one of the poorest nations in the world. Half the country survives on less than $2 a day. And because need is everywhere, Ben and Joel want to continue helping the most vulnerable. These are the children who got those school supplies. Hello. They would like to do more for them.
5: We appreciate that so
10: much, thank you. Oh, Joel had to do a lot of work to make it happen.
6: They're also granting micro loans to young entrepreneurs in Joel's neighborhood. You're gonna keep helping them, right? And hope to do a whole lot more. I wanna come back. Because Ben is no longer the cynic who started all this.
10: That's just not me. I've changed. I set out to embarrass a guy. I ended up helping a guy. I would much rather continue to help people. You feel good when you help others.
6: And as for Joel, he says he's changed too. Bedroom. Although he yeah. still has to support his wife and seven kids on what most of us spend at Starbucks. They share this area here? Yeah. Joel says he's okay using much of the money to help others. I help other people. In fact, he says the opportunity to be charitable may be the best thing to come from this.
9: I need to receive. Mm-hmm. Now you're I the, the giver. One I'm giving up. Yeah. yeah.
6: At one point. Yeah he sent you $500 and he told you to spend the money not on yourself, Mm -hmm. but on others. Yes.
9: Why didn't you keep that money? It's stealing and I'd be dishonest. When you are truthful, when you are honest, sometimes for nobody, you? you can be somebody. From zero to be a hero. I have come from zero to a hero.
6: Just because a person is poor doesn't mean they're not rich in character. In fact, many, are great humanitarians just waiting on the means.
1: Still to come, actress Pauli Perrette. It makes me sad
9: to
0: imagine a world without in it. It really makes me sad.
9: You do this all the time. It's cut, wrapped, and wrapped. And later,
4: a really big cheese. Sunday Morning continues in a moment.
0: What was the victim's license doing there? I mean, and how the heck did it end up behind that sign in the first place? Sounds like a question with a very Abby answer to it. There are no answers coming to me.
1: It's Sunday morning on CBS, and here again is Jane Pauley. For her fans, it's no mystery why Pauley Perrette is a star of the TV series NCIS. What they may find a bit mysterious is why she's decided to walk away. Tracy Smith has our Sunday profile.
10: What's got you so excited?
4: You're not gonna believe what I found it. She's the forensic scientist
0: with the neck tattoo. There was no hair, no DNA, no forensics. And what are these? Those are the kicker.
4: Actress Polly Peretz, goth girl character Abby Sciutto, is one of the best-loved crime fighters on TV. Dude, You're like a forensics magician. I like the sound of that. Action! Okay, people! But now, Polly's decided to leave the show, and after 15 years, she's having a tough time letting go.
0: The news says it's over. It makes me sad to imagine a world without Abby in it. It really makes me sad. Did you go through that whole grieving process? I'm still grieving. It feels differently every day, you know, and it's sad. I, I usually cry in my car every single day when I drive to work. And then I usually cry on my way home at some point. And then I take a deep breath and I go, all right, you know.
9: What if this doesn't work? It has to work.
0: As a character,
4: Abby really is something of an institution, a young female scientist who's often
0: the smartest person in the room. Eureka. Yes! Abby made science cool and attainable for young women. And this television character did more than encourage it. It made it cool, it made it exciting, it made it fun. She also looks fun with her raven
4: braids and body art. Of course, not much of it is real.
0: We are headed to hair and makeup. Turns
4: out Polly Perrette is actually a natural blonde, so the signature black hair comes from a bottle. I end up with blonde roots. And the famous neck tattoo is a fake, carefully applied in the makeup trailer before every taping. There she is. Abby's all fiction. But Polly herself nearly became a crime fighter for real. Growing up in Alabama, young Polly was fascinated by police work. She studied criminal science in college and then moved to New York City to finish her master's degree. So you're headed down this criminal science path. Yeah and bartending to put yourself
0: through school? Yeah. What happened? I had overheard a girl say she had made $3,000 shooting a commercial. And I was thinking, who has $3,000? Like, that's insane. That's crazy. $3,000. Who would have $3,000? It's nuts. So then Walter from Kochek, the actor, had come up to me and said, um, I know this director who would love you. So I found the guy's name, walked into his office, and I went, hey, Walter from Kochek said you'd love me. Am I the only person on the planet without a
4: wireless phone? Okay, I know Did he I'm ever? Okay. Before long, PERETTE was doing commercials of her own,
0: like this Sprint ad. How much milk does the person actually need? It's quite an honor to have the world's greatest rock critic and editor of Cream Magazine back. She played a DJ opposite
4: the late Philip Seymour Hoffman in 2000's Almost Famous.
0: I like
2: the dogs. Ah, give me the guess who.
4: And three years later, she took her place in the NCIS lab. Black bangs and all.
2: Hi,
9: Abby. Right on top,
4: Holly. She says she's always loved the job, but not the spotlight that goes with it. So Perrette, who's now divorced, spends a lot of her free time at her Hollywood home with
0: these guys. It's my babies. You know, good girl?
4: What is it about the fame that bothers you?
0: It's, you know, it's being a commodity. It's being a, uh, it's just very dehumanizing. So I think, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think that I've earned a little bit of time to myself. Yeah, just stay home, go to church. What about a love life? No, nope. tried it, not for me. No? Not at all, yeah, no. Not at all. And but you've been happier since you figured that out? Delighted, probably the, probably the best decision I ever made in my life was the time that it took me to go like, wait a minute, this is silly. I don't have to have a boyfriend, or a husband, or a girlfriend, or anything. You know? I don't, I don't need any of that. I, I do whatever I want. I do whatever I want. And I think that is rad. She
4: wasn't kidding about going to church, either. Perrette is a regular here at Hollywood United Methodist. That's her with her friends on Easter Sunday. But her celebrity can
0: sometimes be a problem. But I got to say, church is not the place to go chase down your favorite celebrity. JUST THROWING IT OUT THERE. <laughs> HOSPITALS, BATHROOMS, CHURCHES. <gasps> not. PLEASE DO NOT CHASE DOWN YOUR FAVORITE CELEBRITY AT ANY OF THESE PLACES.
4: OF COURSE, THAT CELEBRITY THING CUTS BOTH WAYS. Polly PERETTE HAS BEEN ABLE TO SPEAK OUT FOR A NUMBER OF CAUSES. BEAUTIFUL CHILD, KNOW YOU... SHE WROTE THIS SONG, BEAUTIFUL CHILD, FOR SUICIDE PREVENTION AMONG LGBT KIDS. And by her own count, she supported more than two dozen charities, personally and financially. Do you have any sense of how much money you've given away?
0: There's no telling. I have a business manager that handles all of my money. And like any other client he has. It's like, I'm not allowed to have my money because I'll just give it away. <laughs> for instance, she's created a scholarship like for a girls for very who very want to follow easy. in Abby's footsteps. In honor of Abby and in honor of young women that want to pursue science and math and forensics.
4: So, in that sense, Abby
0: lives forever. That's the way I thought of it. Yeah. Hi, Angel.
4: But you might say this is her pet charity, the Amanda Foundation, a nonprofit animal rescue place in Beverly Hills.
0: It's Like, my dogs are my happiness. They're, they're my reason for living. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Are they like your kids? They're so, they're totally my kids. <laughs> They're, my whole life is about them. Everybody's like, hey, you want to go out? And I'm like, no, because that would take me away from my dogs.
4: I'm Mary Shuto. Holly Perret knows what makes her happy now. I'm the one that put you in here. No,
5: oh, you're the one who got me out.
4: What comes next is still a mystery.
0: I love the work. You know, I have a feeling there'll be more out there. No, it's not like people aren't asking. <laughs> yeah, you've had offers, right? Every, of course, everyone.
4: <laughs> so it's figuring out what the right one is.
0: I'm being offered, I'm being offered a lot. There's a lot of conversations going on. Yeah. And there's me sitting at home on the couch I can be with my dogs, <laughs> and I'm really
2: good at it. <laughs>
1: The winner and undisputed Big Cheese stands alone at the end of the competition Luke Burbank is driving us to.
5: The mood is edgy here at the 2018 Cheesemonger Invitational in San Francisco, or CMI as it's called. The cheesemongers are finishing their written exams and starting their taste trials and smell tests and you can feel the tension in the room.
9: We want to be encouraging for your monger friends.
5: Hold on. Time out. Time out. Uh, what is a cheesemonger, you ask?
3: Our job is to introduce Americans to really a new world of cheese that they have never known before. You know, Normal people don't walk around with an encyclopedic knowledge of cheese, but we do.
8: You are a
11: stockbroker of dairy. Um, You're an expert of technical skills. You're the judge, jury, and executioner of uh, quality. Yeah,
5: sort of, right up until that last part, anyway.
11: What brings you in today? What are you looking for?
5: Cheesemongers prepare and sell cheese in specialty shops and gourmet grocery stores. But what you might not have known is that they also take their job very seriously.
3: I usually recommend eating your cheese within about a week.
5: During CMI. (laughs) Cheesemongers from around the country compete to cut, wrap,
9: and pair cheeses at the highest level. Cheese is, a, is, a, is an everyman food. We all love cheese, every one of us. Um, even the lactose intolerant love cheese. They just can't do it. And this is the guy behind the whole thing. In terms of flavor, which is what I really care about, it's flat. we made the wrong choice. My name's Adam J. Moskowitz, uh, and what I do is live life like a rock star. And by that I mean I'm committed tirelessly to the world of specialty cheese. Moskowitz grew up around the cheese
5: business, but after college didn't want anything to do with it.
9: Until... I met these cheese people and was like, You are the most incredible people I've ever met in my life.
5: Today, Adam Moskowitz is one of the top fancy food importers in America. What makes a good cheesemonger?
9: Their love of cheese and their love of people.
5: For cheesemonger Rory Stamp from Vermont, that love meant preparing for CMI in a way that could only be described as Rocky-esque.
11: I was in the cave cutting down wheels, practicing my quarter pounds and my wraps. Um, I was, you know, visualizing uh, what a perfect weight was. Stamp does a lot of that thinking here. This cheese dutch knuckle has like
5: such a unique texture. At Daedalus Wine Shop, Market and Wine Bar in Burlington, Vermont, where he works. When did you realize that you Loved cheese more than the average person?
11: <laughs> um, I think it's been building for a long time. I certainly remember in high school really just sort of realizing that I'd, you know, forego junk food and, you know, ice cream and potato chips and really uh, allocate all of my resources towards fine cheese.
5: So, as a basically high schooler, you are spending your extra money on cheese? Yes,
11: yeah. <laughs> So um, maybe not the most typical situation. Maybe not,
5: but that early interest cultured a comprehensive knowledge of cheese and the cheese-making process.
11: And here we have uh, definitely the proliferation of some cheese mites, which are these tiny arachnids that we see in almost every aging cave. Well, uh,
5: let me just pause you there. Arachnids like spiders?
11: Yes, very tiny spiders. We could see them with a micro. Um, there are tiny spiders on this. There are tiny spiders on I there? wouldn't lead with that if you're trying to sell this cheese.
5: <laughs> cheese mites, they're not only harmless and edible, but they actually help the aging process of certain types of cheese. Back at CMI, <laughs> after eight hours of grueling competition, the field of dozens of competitors has narrowed to just six. And Adam Moskowitz, now clad in a cow costume, presided over the final round.
9: This winter's 2018 Cheesemonger Invitational Champion is.
5: Rory Stamp. For Stamp, winning the Cheesemonger Invitational meant a $1,000 prize, a trip to England, The respect of his peers. But for Adam Moskowitz, earning his beloved Cheesemongers a little more respect is just the beginning.
9: Cheesemongers are completely underappreciated. Without a doubt, we're talking about employees that make minimum wage.
3: Have a great time. I hope you enjoy the party.
9: These people are the noblest of noble.
1: In this time of bitter partisan divide, yesterday's funeral for former First Lady Barbara Bush attracted mourners from both sides of the political aisle. A personal remembrance now from historian Douglas Brinkley.
7: As America mourns the passing of Barbara Bush, the enforcer, as her 93-year-old husband George Bush lovingly calls her. Congratulations. Thank you been a bit surprised at how deep the well of national affection and love for her truly is. Many First Ladies are respected for spearheading a noble cause. Lady Bird Johnson's call for landscape beautification, Nancy Reagan's just say no to drugs crusade, and Michelle Obama's call for healthy eating. But to my mind, Barbara Bush's promotion of literacy is perhaps the most enduring of all. Now, who can I trust this to? Her argument that if more people could read, write and think, America would be a far healthier and more prosperous society. But there was something else about Barbara Bush that lit the national psyche, her unwavering insistence that family and children came first. You must read to your children. The idea was central to to her famous Wellesley College commencement address, one of the most memorable ever delivered.
1: Our success as a society depends not on what happens in the White House, but on what happens inside your house.
7: Here's the backstory. A handful of Wellesley seniors protested, arguing that Mrs. Bush was notable only because of her husband. That's when the First Lady sprang into action. She invited Raiza Gorbachev, wife of the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev, to co-deliver the address with her. Mrs. Bush, with Mrs. Gorbachev at her side, opened by acknowledging that the novelist Alice Walker, known for the color purple, was the preferred speaker of most Wellesley graduates.
1: Instead you got me, known for the color of my hair.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Then off she went, on an eloquent meditation about diversity, Feminism, family, literacy, kindness, history, and hope.
1: At the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed one more test, winning one more verdict, or not closing one more deal. You will regret time not spent with a husband, a child, a friend, or a parent.
7: Thank you, Mrs. Bush, for your dignity, no-nonsense demeanor, civility, and all-around largesse. May the Enforcer always be with us.
1: I'm Jane Pauley. Thank you for listening. And please join us again next Sunday morning.
8: If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck.